Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi. There's a ghost? Is there a ghost back there? <laughs> I was just like, what's here? But it's my overalls in my closet that I'm like rubbing elbows with. Just a ghost, everybody. Uh, how's yeah, it going? Simple ghost. Good. How are you? Look. I'm we're tired. We're it's that time of year, baby. We can't. frimple frabbled. <laughs> frimple frabbled. Wow. Frimple frabbled. Frimple frabbled. Uh, I when I tell you this morning, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to ask for I'm going to have to ask for more time. But we're here. We made it relatively on time. The busy boy. It's this is just how it is. Everybody go see the Christmas Carol <laughs> go see over it. at the Ford's Theater. Anyway, uh, let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's talk about this lovely film you picked for us this week. Yeah, so it was my pick this week, and I decided to go back to Peru. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's not been too long. Last one was uh, El Cuentos de la Bruja, which uh, was fun. So today I picked Secreto Matusita, or Mm -hmm. a.k.a also known as El Secreto del Mal. This is a Peruvian film from 2014. So we got some uh, returning guests, some some previous Uy people on the pod today. Yeah. So this film was written by Paco Bardales, who was a co-writer of Maligno. Remember that oh, one? Also from yeah, Peru. Yeah, yeah, Peru, El Tunche. Uh-huh. Also written by Dorian Fernandez Moris and Ursula Bilka, and it was directed by Dorian Fernandez Moris, who was the director of Cementerio, Cementerio General, General, which is a movie that you covered. We had a, I mean, I don't know if we loved it, but we had a blast talking about <laughs> yes, it. Yes, we definitely did. So I cannot remember which episode it was, but please check it out. It's back there. So yeah, so we're going to talk about Secreto Matusita. Matusita? Matusita. Matusita. <laughs> Matusita. Uh, but before we do that, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, or a ghostly curse will be put upon you. Oh. And uh, <laughs> well, this is a new thing we're doing. We are now threatening you with ghost hauntings <laughs> if you don't subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> yeah, listen. Trouble. Um, and let's get into some titulos de terror. Yes, I'm very uh, interested. Yeah, so today, I wonder if you've seen this one. So today I picked the movie Grave Encounters from 2011. Have you seen this? No, but I've heard of Grave Encounters. Who's in it? I don't remember. I saw it back in the day. It's a found footage uh, horror okay. film. Uh, and by the way, Secreto Matusita. This is also found footage. We'll get into yeah. that in just a moment. So uh, Grave Encounters was, in my opinion, fine. But it's giving <laughs> me like this movie gave me similar vibes. So sure. in Spanish... Grave Encounters was called Fenomeno Paranormal or Fenomeno Siniestro. Oh, my. And in Portuguese, it was called Fenomenus, fuck, Fenomenus Paranormais. Can you say that? Fenomenus Paranormais. You said it Much better. That was much better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now let's get a synopsis from you. Of course, this comes from IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. You are cool. Thanks. Video footage depicting a supernatural encounter is all that remains of a filmmaker and his crew who disappeared while exploring 
a haunted house. <gasps> All right, everybody. Let's go to Peru. Why do I always pick found footage? Why? I didn't even realize. You love a found footage. I swear I didn't even realize this was going to be that. But I'm just like, puta, I've done so many found footage. And they're so, I'm not going to lie. They're hard to take notes on. Because it's Bro. jumpy. Yeah. But, but going from, it's just... Okay, we got this. Here we go, everybody. Vamos. I believe in you. <laughs> All right, our film begins with a zap of static, a static flash, which I was like, ooh, a little jump. And then we get our intertitle. It says, En septiembre del 2013, tres estudiantes desaparecieron mientras realizaban un documental. Las investigaciones fueron cerradas sin explicación. Seis meses después se encontraron las grabaciones. So that means in September 2013, three students disappeared while they were filming a documentary. Uh, case closed, no explanation about what happened. Six months later their footage was found. I mean, you know, just like classic found footage vibes. I genuinely wrote, we've done this. <laughs> How many times have we done this? <laughs> I was like, I feel like we've done a movie. I Literally, I was like a Peruvian movie, maybe even, where we get almost word to for word this these intertitles. Could it have been Cementerio General? It might. <laughs> it might have been Cementerio General. Pero también, uh, remember from Guatemala, uh, Exorcismo Documentado, también. where it had the same kind of thing. Fucking Blair Witch Project, dude. That's true. The same thing. <laughs> so, okay. We see a man sitting in a chair, staring off into space. Again, just a reminder, found footage. This is all like first person POV. I'm filming you with the camera. Yeah. A man's voice interviewing this guy says, Señor Benito, you can begin now. Entonces el Señor Benito snaps out of his daze. Barely, though. He feel. I feel like this guy is like... Oh, he's barely snaps out of his days. Yeah, he is like totally. He's borderline catatonic. Catatonic, like legitimately. They honestly have to like poke and prod him a little bit. Be like, "Hello, sir. Are you hello, sir?" He is lost somewhere. Quien sabe? So he says, "I used to guard the first floor. There were rumors, but I didn't believe them. I had never gone upstairs." Until one night at 3 a.m., I heard a baby crying up on the second floor. So I decided to go up. Okay. And then this dude, El Señor Benito, stands up and he begins to, like, look around until his eyes fix on one spot. And it's almost like he is visualizing this memory that he's telling us about, almost like he's still there. Yeah. And he begins to very quietly say... Ahí está. Ahí está. Está molesta. And then, boo! He screams, Está molesta! And he begins to freak out. Some orderlies rush in to restrain him. And here I was like, oh, the, the guys, this man is in an asylum. You know, he's being restrained. And the interview is, interviewer is yelling at Benito, Who is molesta? Who? And Benito growls, 
la dueña. <laughs> Which I will say means like, uh, basically like the owner. Pero yeah. in our story, I would say like the landlady. The landlady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so not threatening. <laughs> I mean, the him saying esta molesta to me, I was like... <laughs> Because in my mind, my brain translated it to she's upset. And like that sure. just seems so. Almost like she's annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's not. She doesn't like what you just did. Oh, I'll, that really annoys me. <laughs> well, interesting. Interesting that like, you know, in Latin America, in different countries, you know, like words carry different weight sure you know and perhaps in peru if it's like we está molesta it's like oh don't fuck with her like maybe it's a lot and it, unlike like in nicaragua i'd be like, está enturcada. <laughs> like, <Yeah. that> like... <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be like oh fuck oh shit. don't fuck with her yeah don't fuck with her also there was a a cross in the background of this guy that when he stood up and started like visualizing the room it seems like i was like when is that cross <laughs> turning upside down like falling or doing a thing when is it gonna happen uh did it happen i did not it did not happen okay um no it didn't because he started flinging everything around the room oh yeah everything's flying all over the place i will say here i mean as as soon as he started being like esta molesta and throwing things around i was like okay a little <laughs> bit demasiado la dueña pero i liked his very subtle um at first spooky lost gaze performance i was like this is actually spooky i thought he did a good job this this guy yeah i was like this guy's creepy yeah so we cut to a busy street in lima peru we're outside this hospital where they just interviewed this this guy and we meet fabian who is the young guy who was interviewing benito mm. His co-worker Jimena comes up to, to him and says, we're all set. And we begin to film this documentary that they're working on. After a few fuck ups, Fabian tells us, hello. And he's super like, um, I get like really like this feels very Scooby Doo. Like, hey, welcome to blah, blah. like it's yeah. very youthful, animated, animated, like TV personality energy. Yeah. We're standing out we're here doing this thing. Doing yeah. a thing and we're gonna make sure to get inside and make it happen. And yeah. it's like you found that endearing? I did. I kinda did. Yes. I wanted to throw my phone at the television every time. <laughs> I mean, it's cheesy and it's annoying, but I was like, look at this adorable guy just being like, I'm a TV personality. <laughs> so so Fabian says, We are tracking the biggest urban myth of Peru. We've got some specialists who are going to help us discover whether it's all just a legend. So join us on Mundo Paranormal, where we will reveal the secreto matusita, which, by the way, in the subtitles, Mundo Paranormal is translated into Paranormal Paradise. <laughs> Parano name your... Listen... Copyright, paranormal trademark, paradise. paranormal paradise. Hilarious. Find it on sci-fi tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> now we cut to the interview of Percy Taira. Percy Taira, pero we're in Peru, so Percy. 
who is a paranormal journalist. And Percy tells us that the origin of the stories about La Casa Matusita, uh, the origin is, is unclear. One of the stories tells about a man who was very cruel to his servants. So one night, the servants decided to get revenge, so they drugged some food during a dinner party. A while later, the servants heard screams coming from the dining room, and when they came in to check it out, apparently the drug had worked because the guests were all found dead, knives in hand, the walls covered in blood. And then Percy says, then there's also the story of Umberto Vilches Vera. And by the way, these the interviews are with three different people. Percy, Fernando Vivas, and Emilio Treyes. And it kind of bounces between the three of them, but I'll just try to get the story out. Like they're the three experts Talking on heads. the yeah, of the of this house. Yes. But I'll just try to kind of give you the facts of the stories. So Percy says, let's talk about Humberto Vilches Vera. Humberto was a very well-known TV personality from Argentina who debuted on Peruvian TV in 1962. On a TV show called Bingo en Domingos Gigantes, he announced that he was going to spend a night inside of La Casa Matusita. I found this really interesting because... He specifies that this dude, this TV personality, was from Argentina. However, he's doing TV in Peru, and it just felt very much like he heard about something and didn't respect the legend or the rules or anything. It was just like, your legends are stupid. I'm from Argentina. I'm going to prove that it's all bullshit, which I was like, hmm, interesting right there. Uh Anyway, so... Apparently, this dude, Umberto, went into the house, but within about three or four hours, he had to be rescued. He had gone insane, and he was taken to a psychiatric hospital. Percy then tells us of yet another legend where he says there was a Japanese family that lived on the second floor of the house. And one day, the husband came home earlier than usual from work and discovered his wife in bed with another man. So he grabbed a knife. And killed them, then waited for his kids to come home from school and killed them too. And then he finally performed seppuku or harakiri on himself, which is horrible. Yeah. It's giving <laughs> Amityville house. It's getting, giving Amityville. Wait, what did you say? Share. share? It's giving share. Remember? <laughs> What's his name? What's. <laughs> Who's that popular singer right now? The the, the Sean Mendes. Have you not seen the the gif or the meme of him being like, "It's giving share." Anyway, let's keep going. Keep going. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but it's giving to me Amityville vibes because absolutely, like especially after hearing like this guy killing his family and then himself, I was like, yeah, but. Didn't that happen in Amityville where somebody else had like done something there and then like there was this yes. whole like a curse on this house kind of vibe? So I was like, ooh, the Peruvian Amityville. Sure. Yeah. Well, that would have been a good choice to to pick for the fucking thing. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to do for Titulos de Terror. I was surprised. Yeah. We'll have to do that one later. I wonder what that one's called. Uh, but yeah, it is giving... Share it is giving Amityville and it is giving curse vibes. You know what I mean? That's that's what's going on here. 
So back to Emilio, same interview, you know, talking heads thing. And he says, I've got the original deed or like the the title from the first owner of the house mm. who was a European woman named Parvane de Baspa, who arrived in Lima in the 18th century. Either she was a witch or she was very skilled in natural medicine. And I wrote, or both, maybe, um, because she could. Or I, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say she was just a healing woman. Because again, Absolutely. we know these fuckers back in the day. Oh, a woman has given me a cup of chamomile tea, and now I feel better. She must be a witch. Bruja. And burned at the stake, dead and gone. That's it. So he continues, uh, you know, she was thought of as a witch or a skilled healer because she she could heal the sick. But we're talking about Lima in the Virreinal times. So she was, of course, accused, accused of witchcraft by the Santa Inquisición. And it's possible that she was the last person in the country to be burned at the stake because of witchcraft. And while she was being burned alive, she cursed the house she lived in, which is now where La Casa Matusita sits. Mm. Cut to outside La Casa Matusita. Our documentary crew is waiting for the vidente, which I've never heard this word before. This uh, means either like medium or psychic. I had never heard it. Vidente. They're also waiting to be secretly led into the house by a security guard. So just so so we're clear, so far, our documentary crew is Fabian, the host, Jimena, the producer, and Luis, the cameraman. Yeah. And as they wait, they film another scene for the documentary, another sequence. And Fabian's like, whoa, we're in downtown <laughs> Lima, outside La Casa Batucita, waiting for this historic event. We're only moments away from discovering the house's dark secrets. Join us on Mundo Paranormal. <laughs> so they keep waiting, and Fabian and Jimena watch a movie on a cell phone. It is none other. Then Cementerio General, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was uh, like, that's a fun little Easter egg in there. That's yeah, cool. Why not? All right. Fuck why it. not? Yeah. Finally, it gets darker. We get these lovely shots of Lima at night and like the sunset. Oh. The sky going down. The sky so going beautiful. down. The sun going down. The sky going down. <laughs> really beautiful, though. I loved these shots. Yeah, me too. The Vidente arrives and he's got this tiny ponytail, little ponytail, the ponytail. <laughs> Y'all, I can't. Uh, uh, ponytail. Especially when it's an older man. I was, I literally was like, aquí viene Walter Mercado. He is going to be the Peruvian Walter Mercado and he's going to be like Tauro, Aries. Uh. Oh, Sagittario. <laughs> you gotta have a little teeny ponytail for your, you know, your magical powers. You Tie gotta if you're gonna have a bunch of necklaces and then tell me where the ghosts are. That's it. By the way, the vidente's name is Oscar, pero I just called him the vidente the entire time. I'm pretty sure, uh, and during the credits, he wasn't credited as Oscar. He was credited as el vidente. El vidente. Yeah. Yeah. So Fabian pays the security guard. Jimena lays down the rules, which are, I got the security guard's number. We can call him for anything. We just need to leave before dawn. And in they go into the house. Uh Uh-oh. Once inside the dark house, the guard locks them in. And as they climb an old 
death trap of Bro, a staircase. These stairs, I was like, hey, yo no voy. Inmediatamente, yo no voy. You gotta like almost do the splits to like <laughs> make your way up the stairs because so many steps are missing. I was like, yeah. combo, no. No, death. no way. Absolutely not. So they're climbing this death trap of a staircase and Fabian turns and speaks to the camera again for the documentary. And he says, it's night. We're finally inside La Casa Matusita. We're going to go up to the second floor where the incidents took place. So carefully, they make it up to the second floor where they measure the temperature. 64.4 degrees. A little chilly. Lovely. And this is a good time to... <laughs> A lovely, comfortable temperature. I would love that. This is a good time to establish uh, that Jimena is in charge here. You know, she and uh, yes, I explain your breath because <laughs> I won't. I won't explain. She, it. <laughs> she's very much like meant to be television producer kind of person. Like, yeah, Luis. Stand over here and film it. Do this. And also you do that. And also, I'm so sorry, but her voice was a little annoying to me. And sure, it was sure. hard for me to, like, listen to her. The thing is, I get where they were going with her vibe. But I also wanted to be like, I choose not wow how do i word this i choose not to like buy into your like oh she's like a bossy woman rather i was like she's she's doing her job she knows what she wants to get done she's doing her job you know yeah. uh but they are presenting her as rather grating is what they're yeah, doing here and you know? shrill and annoying and it's like why does it it's always a the woman if she's in the position of like producer in anything it's just like i'm this hardworking bitch and it's like oh we get it you hate women well, fuck it yeah like i don't need to see like that anymore you know what i mean so it it's the kind of thing where you have to like make the choice to be like i see what you're going for but instead i'm gonna be like no she's just the boss okay yeah you know anyway so Jimena is in charge and she's like we need to find a place to set up our equipment don't split up smart good choice so they find the main room, and honestly, this set is awesome. I think this was so wonderfully set up. I was so surprised that this was like a replica of what they thought. Yes. Spoiler alert in the trivia, this wasn't filmed in the actual Casa Matusita, pero... They're like, okay, nobody has been in here for a blank amount of time. And they literally were like, okay, bring in the boxes of dust and tierra Dude. to throw on top of everything. Like this and set it is makes genuine. Sense. Yeah. This set was Thick genuinely dust. very well made and set up and propped for everything. I agree. They nailed this like so much dust every not like a thin layer like it is no thick, like thick cobwebs everywhere yeah. like old cobwebs things thrown about they nailed this and set loved good it looking cobwebs because i think yeah, exactly a, there is it didn't look hard, fake no there are there's some tough cobwebs out there and these guys were like no we're gonna we're gonna hire some actual spiders to do some work here because <laughs> shit <laughs> Yeah, they they nailed this. Totally. 
as they're like setting up, we can also hear the city outside. Because remember, this is in like the centro de Lima. Medio de Lima yeah. Sí. yeah, we're right in the middle of the city. And Fabian even like films out into the city, like bustling city life, which this is also a good time to establish. Basically, everybody has a camera here. Sometimes you don't know who's filming. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. Yeah. So as Fabian is filming the city, he's like, this place doesn't seem so dangerous. And Luis, the camera guy, responds, uh, that's because the ghost stories are all bullshit. A few years ago, you could see the U.S. Embassy from here. Spies used this house to spy on the U.S. Embassy. Mm. And that's why Americans rented this house and created the myth for fear of espionage. I read it in a blog. And I actually <laughs> found that really fascinating. Like, I believe that that is actually another Peruvian myth that it's like, it wasn't ghosts. It was like, you know, Americans just being fearful that people were spying on them. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I mean, I what a great way to give the um, the incredulous, reluctant, non-believer something that is way more grounded and way more like conspiracy theory rather than like, ooh, a man killed his family here. No, instead <laughs> he's like, no, the U.S. Embassy, CIA, FBI, that seems more in the level of like, fuck your ghosts. Uh, this is real kind of thing. Yes, so, grounded reality. Yeah. Because obviously you got to have the person that's like, ghosts aren't real, blah, blah, blah. So it's nice that he, they also still give him his own weird thing to believe exactly. in. Exactly. Like, it's still a conspiracy theory, dude. Like, you are you might just be just as nuts, you know Q-Anon. what I mean? With your fucking... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Oof. Anyway, so Jimena behind them is all like, we're wasting time. Shut the window. It's noisy. <laughs> and once the window is shut, it does become very, very quiet in here. Mm. So they begin to set up this main room, which I just called control. Great. And the vidente starts his psychic stuff. And he says he doesn't feel anything yet, pero me extraña la exces- excesiva tranquilidad. The uh, mm. excessive, excessive tranquility. tranquility is freaking me out, basically. That's weird. You yeah. know, so they clear like an inch of dust off a table, set up their <laughs> ghost hunting equipment on top of it. And here we discover that Fabian used to work for a paranormal investigator in the United States. And just like you said about Luis being like, I don't believe in this shit. It's nice to have Fabian here being like, I do. Yeah. Because oftentimes in these movies, we're like, why are you filming this if you don't fucking believe in it? Right, right. So this you guy know? is in it because he went, he studied with somebody abroad. He worked mm-hmm. with somebody. He was able to come back home with good equipment. Yeah. That he actually knows how to work and make it like solid. Yeah. Like he, this little section, we get his basically his credentials. He's like, I'm here. I, sure, I'm a goofy host, but I know my shit. And uh, he even says, like, we have all this stuff and we have the medium to supplement in case there is any other thing. So he is prepared on all counts, which is a nice thing to have. I mean, you shouldn't have come here in the first place, but, you know. Yeah. At least they're prepared. So Fabian then asks the vidente 
When did you discover your psychic abilities? And the vidente responds, bueno, desde, desde niño. When we are little, we're able to communicate with spirits because our perception is still open to other dimensions. When a kid has an imaginary friend, that is a spirit. However, when we grow up, we decide to stop believing and listening. But I decided to, to develop my abilities and the voices never left. A question for you. Mm. Did you ever have an imaginary friend? I mean, not really. I I was an only child. I am an only child. Mm -hmm. So I literally just talked to anything and everything by myself all the time just because I was alone. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. but I don't remember having like, oh, this is Fred or Jamila or I don't know. Mm. I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have anybody. Mostly it was my dolls. I had my Barbies and, and mm -hmm. shit like that. I did hate the porcelain dolls in my room that my mom wanted to keep in there because mm -hmm. I was like, they're looking at me, but like nobody nah. that I actually, nobody, Nothing like spooky. not a specific, oh, here's Fred. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. And you, did you have one? I remember like hearing people being like, oh, I have an imaginary friend. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I have one, too. I, yeah, I'm totally <laughs> my, my friend over here. But no, Adam, I didn't have fucking shit. No, nah, dude. All right, so we cut to yet, yet another documentary documentary segment where Fabian shows us all of his ghost hunting equipment, and they've got a main screen where they will be able to see everything happening in the house. They're going to set up night vision security cameras in every room. We've got an EMF meter. We've got a fucking temperature thermometer thing. We've got a motion sensor. We're set. We then cut to Luis setting up the night vision security cameras throughout the house, which... This I liked. It's all close-ups of his face with horrible pockets of terror behind him. So many pockets of terror. Every time I was like, ¿Qué me va a salir? ¿A dónde? ¿A quién? ¿A dónde están? I know they're exactly. here. The thing that I liked is that they really, really could have like, they do give us a little pop-up. Something pops up in a bit. But this was all just tension building and it was well done. I was like, oh, yo, 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 yo. So nicely done. Very, really, and really good. It was really smart the way that they set up these like rooms that we saw behind Luis as he's setting up these cameras in that there's objects and there's uh, furniture and stuff, but nothing. It's not too crowded with yeah. things. So you could get a good look at each individual piece of something in a room and be like, okay, when's it going to move? Okay. Yes. When's an arm popping in? Okay. Mm -hmm. When, when is a head saliendo yeah. de la fucking whatever? Entonces, yeah. It was smart. Yeah. I, I agree. This was, this was, it was really well done. So meanwhile, Jimena and Fabian are watching Luis setting up all these cameras from the main screen in the control room, but they lose track of Luis. So Fabian goes to find him. And as Fabian is filming himself looking for Luis, he hears a bang. Mm -mm. So he follows the source of the, set, the sound and he sees a door slamming shut over and over. So he gets closer to it and it slams shut. Just going to say here, fucking um, found footage horror movie pet peeve of mine. Don't give me the music. I don't need the music and the spooky sure. ambiance, you know? Yeah. The wind rustling is enough for me or even silence is scarier to me. That's just me. Anyway, so we get like this like 
you know, spooky ambiance music, whatever. And so Fabian peeks through what used to be a keyhole. A doorknob hole. Oh, was it a doorknob hole? Yeah, a there hole. was uh, the hole where the doorknob used to be because it was a big ass hole. Yeah, Keyhole it's a big is hole. Is chiquiringingo. I mean, like it looked like you know where the hole. There's a hole <laughs> in the door. The nor- so doorknob. The whore. The <laughs> a hole. The whore knob. The <laughs> Fabian looks through this whore knob. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And something whooshes by. And he's like, uy, 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 que, que pasó? what was it? I knew it wasn't going to be cool. I was like, don't look through that fucking big ass hole, bro. Why would you do that? So something whooshes by and then the door opens by itself. So he goes nope. inside and he discovers a dead cl- dead cat on the floor. And there are some weepless in the room, you know, basically munching on this poor dead cat. Immediately, I'd be like, we gotta go, dude. If there is a, f- how did a vulture get in here? Yeah, why are you in here? Why, yeah, I did this. I was like, what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah. I mean, for me, I was just like, bad sign. This is not good. This is clearly a, a bad omen. Freshly dead cat and no. a buitre. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Let's get out of here. But then his camera light goes out. And when he turns it back on, hello. There's El Vidente, who says, hey, Luis is back in control. Vamos. Uy, I jumped. I mean, it's it's a, it's well done because it's like all dark. Boop, light goes on. And there's this fucking old dude's face. And like, you know, but very up close, close. to his face. I was like, Dios mío. Yeah. So we're back at control in the control room. And Luis and Jimena are fighting about cameras. This is not important. It is a waste of time. I assume it was just put in here to add tension because you always got to have people screaming at each other in found footage films. You know know? how I feel about people yelling. (laughs) There was no... I didn't need this what Not at all. Ever. We didn't. We really, really didn't. Show me a found footage film where everybody works together, please. Please. Let's have it. Come on now. I mean, you know? I wonder I wonder if they're like, oh, these are the spirits causing because that's what it was with Blair Witch, where it was like mm. witchy stuff is afoot. So like sure. she's causing the tensions to build. We're still in the there's they have just arrived in this house. They shouldn't be fighting and being so upset. No. Like it it went from zero to a hundred too fast. I agree. Yeah, it was it felt unnecessary to me. But I was like, I guess you're trying to make us a little bit more tense. Like people aren't getting along. Right. Anyway, so Luis goes to set up the last camera in the kids room. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) No way, dude. There is not a chance. in She literally she like he may not. I just thought about this. She literally said, don't separate. Like, just pair up. Buddy system, everybody. Yeah, Buddy dude, system. It's hello. not that hard. It's not that hard. This isn't that big of a space, you know? So, Luis is in the kids' room, and on the floor, there are some, like, what would you call this? Like, kids' stacking blocks? blocks like, play blocks with, like, yeah. letters on them. S and There's M. There's also... S and M, <laughs> Rihanna. Uh, S- there's a S M M a dusty rocking horse, and also this old school baby carriage. Which again, I was like, very cool set in here, everybody. 
looks spooky, looks great. All things that I was like, when's that rocking horse a rocking? When's that mm-hmm. carriage shooting a baby out of it? What is it? <laughs> when is it happening? I know Shoot it. Shoot a baby out of it. <laughs> oh, man. Wait for it, everybody. So, uh, Actually, don't. That doesn't happen. I wish it did. No, there's no uh, baby that goes shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so Luis sets down his camera facing him so he can have some light. And he calls his girlfriend and he's like talking to her. And behind him, that uh-huh. rocking horse, of course, of course, rocking horse, of course, slowly starts <laughs> to very, very slightly rock on its own. Uh huh. He doesn't notice it, though. So he stands up, still talking to his girlfriend. He kicks one of the blocks. And when he turns his back to the camera, a gray ghost child scurries. No. Scurries in front of the camera, chasing after the block. But again, Luis does not see it. This actually really creeped me out. I didn't like it. Not so much of like, I knew it was coming. It wasn't a jump. It was more like. I got um because he was chills. Yeah, because he was we don't see his head. It's no. it's literally just his little body crouched down enough Ooh. for you to see him go across the screen. <laughs> yeah. But you don't see his head, you don't see his face, you just see his little crouched ew, it's not cute. And also <laughs> like not cute, everybody. <laughs> it's like Old timey shorts and like an old timey outfit, and it's like everything. And he looks straight out of a black and white movie. And you're just like, who is this gray child going gray. by? Ew, uh, fuck off. Pero la Jimena contacts Luis over the walkie talkie. Hurry the fuck up, get back here. So as he is setting up the camera, we get a flash of static, static, and behind Luis, very very quickly. We see that little ghost boy staring up, staring up at the camera. This, I thought it looked good. It was very fast, but just enough. That's why it looked good because they, the static helped to like not look. Mask him, basically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was like static. We see him very quickly, but then Luis comes in front. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is acceptable. Yeah. And it's, he's teeny tiny enough for you to be like, uh, Ew. gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not cute, like you said. Not, Not cute. cute. <laughs> All right. So everyone goes back to the control room and Fabian says, I've set up the motion sensor, which has an alarm in the main hallway. We are all set to go. And here, the Vidente says, I'd like to request that we all say a prayer for protection. And Jimena's like, oh, yeah, sure, cool. That sounds great. Luis, film this. I didn't like that. No. (laughs) Uh, No, absolutely not. And El Vidente is also like, no. We need everybody. uh, Yes, I need you all to join hands so we can channel everyone's energy. And Luis says... So flippantly. So, oh my God, I hated this. He's like, no worries. I'll just send you my energy from here. And I was like, I don't care if you don't believe in this. You asked this person to be here. Respect, respect the beliefs. And, you know, like, it could be, I'm just saying it could be because you chose not to join hands, you fucked up this whole protection circle. And that's why, listen, this is a horror movie. Duh, we know it's going to happen. It's not going to end well for everybody. It's possible. That's why this all happens. What happens next in this film. But I didn't like this. Well, I have a little bit of a, a different feeling in that 
she's the one that's like, fuck the camera guy. He can get fucked by whatever, like, you know, demon that lives here. And so I think him being like, I'll send you my energy from here is more of a slight to her being like, well, fuck my drag, right? Because, like, I guess I'll be taken by the fucking monsters that live here. Ah, interesting. I didn't think that. Hmm. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Sure. So, So, I mean, either way. Either way, both are wrong for not getting the protection they need from the medium. Absolutely. You stupid idiot. I I don't care if it's real or not. Just stand there and take the fucking blessing, okay? How could that hurt you? Exactly. Just stand there and take it. (laughs) So the vidente is like, okay, fuck it. So the vidente, Fabian, Jimena, they join hands. The vidente says his prayer for protection and I will say, like, Luis and Jimena especially doesn't seem into it, which, again, yeah. I was like, this bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So the ghost hunt begins. Luis, Fabian, and the Vidente head toward the kids' room where the Vidente is trying to communicate with any entities, pero nada. So they try another room. In this room... Fabian measures the temperature again, and now it reads 55.4 degrees, so it is getting colder. In this room, they find an old small mirror, which Fabian looks into. Jump scare, perhaps? No. Nope. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Uh, They also find a huge pair of scissors, an old dusty calendar from 1947 open to June, and... A closet, and inside this closet, they find an old suit. And the the vidente is like, that might have belonged to the owner because I, I feel like it is charged with a lot of energy. Don't touch it. Don't, don't touch anything. So Fabian grabs the jacket, and from a pocket, something falls out. A folded piece of paper with a Japanese character on it so i had to look this up because i wrote symbol at first but apparently this is what i discovered the japanese language has three types of characters which are hiragana katakana and kanji so i just wrote a character so fabian opens it and we see that it's an old photo of a japanese family a husband and his wife the wife seems to be pregnant their son and two servants standing by that same baby carriage that we saw in the kids' room. I didn't notice that she was pregnant. I just thought that was her traditional outfit. I think she's holding her belly. So Fabian says, whoa, that's the family from the myth. So everything that people have said is true. Look, that's the servants. They must have been the murderers. That's but I was two like, different stories. I'm con- Exactly. I was like, I'm confused. Wasn't the Japanese family the one where the wife cheated on the husband and then he murdered everyone? Yeah. I was like, these are not, not the Connected same story. Stories, yeah. People, what the hell? Weird. So they film another sequence for the documentary and Fabian's all like, whoa, look what we found. Proof that the last family to live here was Japanese. Now, Arbidente is going to analyze the picture. So the Vidente holds the picture and he like senses it. But then he asks Fabian, hold on to the picture with me. So Fabian does. The Vidente says, Está muy cargada. I feel a lot of pain. There's something else here a malignant force, and then poof, 
the photo bursts into flames. And then back in control, where Jimena is, something explodes. Jimena screams. So we get quick security camera shots throughout the house. And in control, Jimena is now nowhere to be seen. But we do see the ghost family from that photo, just kind of like standing there. Standing there. there. And then we do see Jimena walking through the halls in, you know, in the dark. She can't see anything. She's trying to find the guys. And on this security camera footage of Jimena being like, ¿Dónde están? Walking in the dark. Because there's smoke everywhere. Yes, there's fog that's like appeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spooky. And in the fog, this ghostly woman materializes just like walking right next to Jimena. Again, very cool and subtle. Not overdone. I liked it. So I was going to say, you don't see a full person. It seems like shadowy. She never materializes completely. You see a face. You can tell that it's a woman. You can see a kind of body like almost float by. But you'd really have to like, I, this is what I think. If you had bad, if you have bad eyesight, you probably wouldn't have seen her. You know what I mean? That's how subtle it is. I really liked it, especially because she's like, too. I'm walking here and no, I all I see is neblina en todas partes. And then just this like specter going by, yeah. crossing the other way. I was like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, it's it's very effective. Yeah. So finally, they regroup in the hallway and everybody is like, what the hell is going on? What is going on? Everybody's freaking out. Mm-mm. The Vidente says there's an energy here that doesn't want us here, so we need to show it that we just want to help. But Jimena's all, well, we're not leaving, so let's film this shit. And Luis at this point is like, hell no, I want to leave. And I was like, oh, now you believe? Yeah. Now you believe. Okay, I see how it is. And it's all madness and yelling. Everybody's freaking out. And then Jimena sees that ghost woman slowly walk into the dining room behind the guys. And the ghost and is she's like pregnant. looking. Yeah. Is she? I didn't even notice this part. She oh, is pregnant. I, I wrote a pregnant lady. And that's why uh, I just said. And this I was is why like, we do this podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> so that's why I was like, oh, she's that. See, Ooh. I didn't think that that was the same lady in the photo. I thought that mm-hmm. I, I just wrote a pregnant lady but now that you say uh, that she was pregnant in the photo it all makes sense well that you know what that's so fucked up because that means when he murdered her she, she was, was pregnant. pregnant and like big time <gasps> pregnant yeah yeah <sighs> yikes so he man i was like oh what holy the shit fuck was that <laughs> that was a lady uh, so everybody's freaking out still. They go into the dining room to follow this pregnant ghost lady. They check it out. Pero nada, she's not in there. And the vidente says, it wants to communicate. So I need to open up a secure portal into their world. So give me some time. I got to set it up. So he sets up a bunch of candles and like this big, thick salt circle, which he places a cross inside of. He douses it with something con alcohol and he sets it aflame which is I, I think thought was like, it was cool. um orange flower water I believe is the oh. term porque la botella que él usó uh-huh. is usually a bottle that has orange flower water I think that's the term I might be wrong um se me olvida en español como es pero 
it that's often used in like santeria stuff. Uh, so and I think it's es bien perfumado. So I think uh -huh. people use it. What? It's not orange flower. Orange blossom? I think it might be orange sure. blossom that I'm trying to say. Sure. Pero la gente lo usa para perfume, of course. Pero I think it's also often used in santeria as like a conduit for things. So it's like a, for for ritos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I think mm, that's what that might have been. Well, it lights this salt fully aflame. Right up. Ablaze, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, as he's like getting all of this set up, you know, everybody's in this room together and Jimena steps on some old faulty wood. So she like looks down and she notices a loose floorboard. And when she wipes the dust from the floorboard, she notices that same Japanese character from the photo mm -hmm. etched into the floor. And then she starts to like pull away the floorboard and she discovers underneath the floor, buried there by somebody, an old katana, which is a Japanese sword. And it's mm -hmm. got that same character on the handle. Now, good time to establish right here. So this character is showing up on people's foreheads, on the floor, por todos lados. According to Amazon Prime, the trivia on Amazon yeah. Prime, it means death. Okay, mm -hmm. so I don't know these Japanese characters, but that is what Amazon Prime says. So death. IMDb too. IMDb too. Not good. Not a good sign, everybody. I mean, it makes sense to have that symbol on a katana if you're having like sure. if you yeah. own a sword to have yeah. death on the handle makes sense. Absolutely, Pero that does make sense. Why is it on the photo, and why is it on the ground, and like all that stuff? Meanwhile, Fabian for some ridiculous reason has gone solito back to control to like pick up some of his equipment and he starts to hear some banging so he knocks on a table knock knock and there is a response knock knock <laughs> and so he freaks out and on the floor he sees those same like kid toy blocks when de repente that horrible gray kid's hand reaches out through his legs no. grabs the block so, of course, Fabian freaks out. He runs back to the dining room with everyone where the vidente is beginning his ritual. So Fabian takes advantage to film the ritual, filming another sequence for the documentary. And he's like, OK, everybody, some ghostly stuff has been happening. We're doing this ritual in the dining room where the most heinous acts were committed. And then, bam, a cuadro is knocked off the wall behind the vidente. Totally scared me. And... <laughs> The vidente is screaming, holy father, the light, follow the light. Full poltergeist like, Carolan, go into the light, go into the light. Shit starts to go crazy. The room is shaking like there's a terremoto. Lights are flashing and then the salt circle fire goes out. And the vidente and his fucking weird eyes he's like looking up so you can see the he's trying he's trying to have his <laughs> eyes roll back into his skull and it just looks like he's looking up he's like yeah whoa oh yeah so the vidente and his funky eyes are like they're asking us for help there is an evil force here la dueña de la casa la dueña de la casa oh Remember from the top, El Benito, who was like, La dueña. And then we hear Jimena scream. And somehow, Jimena, who was just here a second ago, is gone. Where'd so they rush go? out. 
Where did you go? So they rush out to check the monitors in control and they rewind the footage to like see what happened. And they see Jimena turn around during the ritual, almost like she's in a trance and she leaves the camera frame. But they look on another screen and they don't see her leave the room. So it's almost like she just vanished into thin air. Poof. And then they start to hear a baby crying from somewhere in the house. No, Again, dude. like that fucking dude said. So they follow the source of the sound to the kid's room where the baby carriage is rocking itself. No. One of them reaches out to touch the carriage. I wish I could say Why that a baby goes shooting, at, <laughs> shooting out of it. <laughs> Here comes a baby shooting out of it. Uh, but it does. It is very. It scared me. Um, me it too. Does fly like smashing against the wall. Horrible. They're all freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. And they decide, look, we got to get out of here. We got to run for help. So they do. They start to run. But they discover that all the doors and windows have somehow been boarded shut, like board on board on board on board. Shut. These ghosts were like. Bust out all the extra carpentry we have and Absolutely. start knocking things Ab- into the but like window. Within the span of seconds, yes. it's all boarded up. And so they're like, okay, let's try the front door downstairs. So they rush down the stairs to try Bricks. the front, front door. But at the bottom of the stairs, it's just a brick wall. Full bricks. That's really fucked up that's that's like actually really genuinely scary so they're like all arguing on the stairs and they look up and on the top landing they see those ghost servants staring at them but the servants disappear so the vidente is like look maybe they can help us let's follow them so they do they follow these servants into the kids room again Again, the vidente is trying to reach out to the servants. He's going through it again with his weird eyes. And he's like, they're (laughs) trapped. They need help. (gasps) She's here. And then he screams and a bunch of toys lift up into the air. It's like, I I, I I didn't quite get this. Just like an explosion of the dueña's power or something, I guess. Maybe like, uh, look, we're poltergeisting your, I don't know, probably just like, I'm a poltergeist and I'm here to scare you. And here, let me lift all the objects in this room. (laughs) I thought the Vidente was going to get up and fly, but he didn't. Me too. Yeah, he didn't fly. But everything else (laughs) is flying around him. Everything goes crashing down. And at this point, Luis has had enough bro this guy is screaming bloody murder for like this whole section where they're running around trying to find an open window when Mm -hmm. they see the brick door and everything he's like "Ah, and i was like brother (laughs) (laughs) and i mean at a 10 like full 10. 10 and also not to mention la jimena is screaming also sporadically throughout, throughout the house. This house, yeah. Where? Who knows? But you keep hearing her in the back. We don't know. Another dimension. Screaming. Another ju- dimension. All right. <laughs> Another dimension. <laughs> Another dimension. So Luis is screaming. He's had enough. He runs off solo into the control room and he's trying to tear at the boards covering the window, but they won't budge. He freaks out very dramatically and he slumps to the floor and then he hears Jimena screaming somewhere in the house so he follows her voice and he sees a ghost woman walk into a closet Ooh, 
And then he turns around and he is attacked by this screaming ghost woman with that same character on her forehead. He drops his camera and we see him like being lifted, tossed around this hallway, dragged up into the air crash landing on the floor and then dragged off into the darkness. This looked very cool. I thought that woman that screams in his face with the character on her forehead, I thought that was Jimena. Oh, interesting. Because wow. her eyes are blacked out, she like opens her mouth and it's all blacked out, it seems, and she mm. screams at him. But she's got long hair and mm-hmm. it's like dark and falls towards her. And the woman that's been going by, the pregnant lady, the ghost lady, she's wearing white and this person's wearing dark colors like Jimena was wearing. So I think it was uh, Jimena interesting. Or, or a depiction of Jimena sure. in some sort. So poor Luis has been dragged off into, into the darkness. Very cool sequence of him flying around. I was like, looks this great. It really looks great. Yeah. We're back with Luis and the Vidente. The motion sensor alarm goes off, so they run to see what set it off, and there they find Luis's discarded camera. They watch the footage, they see him being attacked. They're like, what the fuck? But then they hear that baby crying again. So again, they go back to the kids' room. Let's just leave this room alone. (laughs) But this time, they see the ghost boy. And this ghost boy points at a hole in the wall. So the Vidente goes to check it out. And at this hole in the wall, he's able to, like, actually put his hands in there and tear the wall open. And inside the hole... He pulls out the skeleton of a dead baby. Not even Ooh. a skeleton. Like, it's just a desiccated baby. Because it's not, <sighs> there's still skin on it or, like, you know, leathery stuff on it. In this, like, teeny tiny bassinet, it's so dark and fucked. Oh, this was a twist that I did not see coming. Me that too. Is- Fucked up. And on this dead baby, there is a note which reads, My love, when your merced, which in the the subtitles it said, when your honor. Interesting. When your mercy? When your mercy. Now, I have a question about this, but let me let me finish reading what what Mm -hmm. was written in the thing. So it says, my love, when your merced reads this. The verdugos, the hangmen, will have killed me. My devotion to God and caring for the sick has not placated cruel persecution. I hid our son where we agreed. I'm sure you will look after him as after your own life, yours till death, Barbane, which is the same name of the European woman. I think when she said Merced, she's saying like she's talking to somebody in a higher position. So I think it might be your honor. I think that makes sense. Yes. So that's what I was going to ask you about. So esta mujer seemingly was involved with, with a person. Somebody. Who was in a powerful position. Yeah. And he, this person did nothing for her once she was persecuted, once she was blamed for witchcraft. 
I've hid our son in the walls and hopefully you'll fingies crossed you'll come and pick him up after I've been killed like we agreed so whoever that Baruane had this I'm gonna say affair with mm-hmm. uh, had the baby this fucking asshole lied and was like yeah 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 put the baby in the wall I'll come back and get it so this person purposefully knew my secret will be buried away la Baruane will be burned at the stake nobody will ever know yeah Ooh, that's this was like a really dark interesting twist here Hmm. totally so fabian is like holy shit they never came for the child barbane was the original owner of the house the stories are true and so the vidente says this is the origin of her pain Barbane can't rest because her child hasn't been buried so we must bury him but first we must ask that she return Jimena and Luis. So this fool. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get where you're coming from, sir. Pero this fool stands right in front of that big ass hole in the wall. And he I begins said, to pray. <laughs> ¿A dónde están las manos? A las ver, manos. Tráeme las manos. Las oh. tengo que ver. I'm happy to deliver because he is just a few words into that prayer when, bam, these ghostly hands reach out. They pull him into the wall. Fabian Fabian is screaming, crying. He falls to the floor. He's (laughs) weeping. But then he starts to hear what sounds like Jimena screaming. And there's like a whipping sound. So Fabian peers into the hole, which is now a huge asshole. It's just, the, yeah. it's gone. The wall is gone. And he finds Jimena in this like secret room. She's surrounded by candles. She's tied by the hands to either wall. And she's being whipped on the back by someone or something unseen. He calls out to her and she turns around to look at us and her eyes are bloody. She's got that same Japanese character on her forehead. This was creepy. You know what? I I really liked the way that we went into this room. I was like, these shots are pretty seamless because we see him f- like get pulled into this hole. And then like he takes a breath, it freaks out for a little. And then he kind of like goes in and the way that it pans over like these candles and everything. I was like, this is really like a lot of the found footage stuff that we've seen from Latin America often does a lot of like zooming in and zooming out, which this film did a bunch. I was like, can we just I, honestly, a few moments I was like, I'm feeling I'd like I need to look away. It's a little too nauseating for me. But then there were these moments where like the ghosts going into closets and like walking into rooms and stuff like that. I was like, this looks great. I want this more than zooming in on random shit in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? So I thought it looked great. I thought they did a good job with how this movie looked like parts of it really took its time with like building tension. And then other moments, like we mentioned, you see the ghosts very, very briefly and it's really effective. So Agreed. I thought, well done. Very well done. So we're in this spooky room. Fabian releases Jimena from her binds and he kisses her. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize y'all were a couple. Okay. Wait, you didn't get that from the top? Not for one second. 
this was the moment. It this was, was the moment. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, they try to like throw in the the details because they give each other eyes and they watch this movie together, like close up and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, there's there's romance there of some sure. sort that maybe we'll mm-hmm. get to later. But him saying mi amor, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't catch on at all, everybody. <laughs> No I was I was surprised at the at how <laughs> how immediately he was like, well, now I'm kissing you that you've been in in trapped yeah. by a ghost. But like, I I didn't expect the romance to appear at this moment. Yeah, you know what I mean, not that it really changes anything or like no, adds but anything like, or takes anything away from the movie. I was just like, oh yeah, okay, didn't we? Okay, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> so La Jimena says. I saw everything. La Dueña controlled the husband and made him murder his family and commit suicide. And I wrote here, yeah, we got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, we we put that together. Yeah, I got it. Thanks. We're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Fabian stands her up and they walk off screen, but then we hear a scream and a thud. Fabian's hand falls into frame and is dragged away. We cut to the dining room. Fabian, Luis, and the Vidente, who, by the way, Luis and the Vidente are now... Dead? Dead? Okay, let me ask you a question. Yes, I think it's the same thing I was going to ask you, but please tell me. Were Luis's guts on a plate in front yeah, of Yeah, girl, I think so. I wrote this down. Like, you need to ask Eileen this because I had a bunch of question marks. I wrote, is Luis dead with his guts still hanging out of his gut, but on a plate in front of him? Yeah, because yes. on the table, we get random shots of like weird body parts and stuff. But yeah. like, which I was like, where did these come from? But then also specifically Luis has a like a trail of his intestines attached yes. to something on a plate. I was like, hold yeah. on. <laughs> Which I mean, thinking about it, you know, they did tell us that story about how the food was drugged, that dinner party that's you know, true. all murdered themselves with knives. So I'm like, it would make sense that this particular final we're at the final scene here, everybody. Yeah. That this final scene is uh particularly gruesome. Of those yeah. two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody hacked to bits. So I say we're we agree here. Those are Luis's guts, guts on a plate in front of him, yep. which is pretty cool, everybody. So everybody's sitting around a dining room table and Jimena appears. She is wearing the old jacket that they found and she looks into a mirror and films herself cutting her hair off with those big scissors they found before. She puts a record on and she plays a Japanese sounding song. Now, that might sound really just generalized, but because this movie is specifically talk, I don't know, honestly, it, that's the way it sounded to me. But because this movie is specifically focusing on one of the stories being about a Japanese family, that is what I assume here. And at this point, Fabian has woken up and he's begging Jimena, let me go, let me go, let me go. But she screams in his face. She (laughs) smacks the shit out of him. And he's like, I know, I know, I know. Slaps the shit out of this man. Wow. Yeah. Slaps the shit out of him. Con ganas. And he's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're (laughs) I know about your son. I know about your pain. I can put your child to rest. Please just give me back 
Jimena. And then Jimena slash Barabane hops onto the table, is growling demonically. She does a full backbend a la exorcista. <laughs> She's lifted into the air. I must say here, like, it was borderline cheesy, but I did appreciate the actress's commitment yeah. to this. Like, she sounded pretty cool and like she's going through it. I was like, okay, girl, go. I wish yeah. I, I I thought she did good. So she's floating in the air. Underneath her, the table is just like thrown aside by some unseen force. Jimena crashes to the floor. She's frothing at the mouth. And Fa- Fabian is begging her, Jimena, Jimena, por favor, untie me, untie me. <laughs> I literally was like, Bitch, she is foaming at the mouth and her back is broken. There is no She's way. She's a demon. She, <laughs> she is not. There is. She can't Jimena, help untie you, you right now, bro. She I mean, is. the whole time he has been like, he may not fight, fight, fight. Like he's trying to get her to like release herself from this grip of whatever possession. But I was like, what's happening? She is fully like eyeballs rolled to the back of the head. Foam. No. Foaming at the mouth. Pero. She does. She gets up and she unties him. So I was like, oh, Shocker. I guess she's kind of come too. And then yeah. Fabian's like, grab the camera. It's the only proof we have. So Jimena does. And then we get a close-up of Jimena's face. She's holding the camera, filming herself, filming herself. And then stab. She grunts and she falls out of frame. Fabian appears behind her. He now looks right into the camera and he performs seppuku on himself with the katana. He falls to the floor dead, and then, boo! <gasps> we see La Luenia pop up very, very quickly. She looks old and cracked skin, like yeah. real, real old and gross. A veil Blackout. over her face. Yes, very, like old-timey. Uh, yeah, very yeah. Uh, the woman in black vibes. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Back in the day. And then we get a blackout. It's the next morning and the security guard arrives and at least to me seems to be like getting rid of all the cameras and evidence. He's like kind of picking things up a little bit. Well, because he asked them to be gone before he arrived. So maybe he was like, oh, they left their ship behind. I guess I'll Mm. take it and get it out of here so that nobody knows that I let some people in here without them being allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So as he's descending the stairs, he's got one of the cameras in hand and it's pointed up toward the top of the stairs. And at the top of the stairs, we see La Dueña. We get our final intertitle, which says, after gathering the equipment, the guard began to behave strangely. Mm. A few days later, he murdered his family and he is now being held in a mental hospital. Fin de la película. Great job. That was bonkers nuts, everybody. God damn. All right, let's get into some trivia. Let's go. Okay, this is my trivia. How about we go to livinginperu.com and find out the actual legends behind La Casa Matusita? It is one of the world's most haunted houses. And it's often ranked as one of the most haunted places in all of Latin America. So something this movie got very right is that they took all those urban legends behind the house and 
displayed them and told us the whole jam. So there's a little bit more extra details in this in this article. It says when it came to um, Parvane, it's actually it says here our legend begins in Peru's colonial era when a young woman named Dervaspa Parvane immigrated ah. to Lima from Europe. Dervaspa was of Persian ancestry and she soon became the subject of local gossip. The townspeople swore she was a witch with magical powers, though she was only ever known to use these powers to heal the sick. Again, a woman giving someone tea and then being burnt at the stake for it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before the feared Inquisition came around and they arrested her. She was tortured until she confessed to practicing witchcraft and she was burned at the stake. It is said that she cursed the spot where she died with her final breaths. A rich man builds a house some years later on the spot where she was burned, and he was influential, pretentious, and cruel to his servants. So this is legend number two. Yeah. The servants began to plot revenge against him and waited for the right moment to strike. So they prepared drinks for this man's dinner party and they drugged them with hallucinogenic with a hallucinogenic plant hoping to embarrass their master but what happened was everybody freaked the fuck out and killed each other and then the servants came back into the room and they found everybody dead and uh they says here in that room they found their master and his guests ripped to pieces arms and legs scattered about the floor and the servants ran out of the house babbling senselessly and were promptly locked away in an asylum where they never recovered from what they had seen there are also some other versions of this that say that the servants hung themselves because they didn't want to get in trouble for wow murdering several people mm. The house remained abandoned for nearly a century until one day a Japanese immigrant named Mr. Matsushida moved in with his wife and children. Mm. They moved to the second floor where the brutal killings had happened a century earlier. They turned the first floor into a shop which supported their family in the meantime, which I believe is still there. um, That the first floor is like a ferreteria or like a like a. What is it? Home Depot, but not Home Depot. <laughs> Hardware store. Hardware store. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so same same situation. Mr. Matsushita came home one day and he found his wife in bed with another man. He grabbed a knife from the kitchen, murdered both of them, as well as his two children before finally killing himself. Jesus. Another tale tells of a local priest who attempted to perform an exorcism when the shopkeeper renting the first floor complained of strange noises above. The priest climbed the stairs and entered the dark and unkempt second floor living room. Within minutes, he began to scream that he heard the voices of tortured spirits. And when his shout ceased, he was soon found inside the house, dead of a heart attack. Okay. Mm. Now let's talk about Humberto Vilches Vera, who was an Argentine TV personality who took up a dare to spend seven days and nights, seven days and nights inside the haunted second floor. After only four hours, he ran out screaming and he spent the next two years in psychological care. Uh, some people say that he was in the in an asylum for 
two years and that after he left he never said he like said nothing he didn't remember anything he did not attach to it at all so mm. An interesting theory about the legend of La Casa Matusita is told by Central Lima locals today. They say that because of the old United States embassy in Peru was right across from the old house, the legend was invented to keep anyone from entering and spying on the embassy from the second floor. Wow. Interesting. So in 2016, the house was taken apart and remodeled by the current owner, putting the future of the legend in question. So that's a little bit about solidifying some extra details. Yeah, what we learned. Interesting. I'm sorry. The the Japanese family's last name was Matsushita. Matsushita. Interesting how it was, you know, kind of just changed to Matsushita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing that I found from the blog of a lovely uh, uh, spooky podcast that we are pals with, Spooky Tales, their their website, SpookyTales.com, has an article from April 27th, 2022, three terrifying haunted houses in Latin America, and they talk about El Castillo del Gringo Loco in Ecuador. They talk about La Casa Matusita y también La Casa del Mustang en Mayagüez, Puerto Rico. But in the Casa Matusita um, section, it says there is no evidence of Humberto Vilches's Vera stay in the insane asylum. There is no evidence of the evil master and no evidence of a Japanese family living and being murdered there. There is evidence that a Japanese family once owned La Casa Matusita, but everything else are just legends. Hmm. So. Isn't that how it usually goes? Take that as you will. Mm. I found an article in elcomercio.pe, which uh, is an article about this film. And it was written by Sonia del Aguila on January 15th, 2022, which is, Mm. you'd be surprised, but I'll tell you why it's being talked about now. So it says here, the director, Dorian Fernandez Morris, tells unknown facts of the Peruvian film based on the Matuzita house, the most famous urban legend of our country. He tells us how it was created, where it was filmed, why the owners of the mysterious property did not allow them to film inside, amongst other secrets. Quote, we started with this project a year after our first film, Cementerio General, in, from 2013. And we asked ourselves, what was the most transcendental scary story in Peru? And we came to the conclusion that it was the Matusita house. So we investigated, we accessed the strongest theories of the place, and we were passionate about everything that was said. And we did not stop until we took it to the movies. He also said that the production of Secreto Matusita tried to tried to contact the relatives of Vilche, Humberto Vilches Vera, but they were reluctant to talk about it. And the same thing happened with the owners of the mysterious house related to spectral apparitions. Quote, we tried to contact Vilches Vera's relatives, but we received a lot of rejection and no one wanted to bring up the subject again. And the owners of the house were also hermetic, which I had to Google because I'm not smart. And that means sealed very tightly. So, mm. 
They were interested in selling the property and considered that this feeding of the mythology was probably going to be detrimental to their plans of selling the place. So they didn't want to, like, keep spreading rumors. Not having the authorization of the owners to make the film to film inside the building, the production made a replica of a small part of the second floor. And for this, they rented a house in the Caravaya Hirón in the Cercado de Lima. Quote, everything that is exterior was recorded at the original house, but the rest were all shots that were filmed in the replica. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Right. As it usually happens in horror film shoots, the actress Lupita Mora experienced a paranormal phenomenon. (gasps) (laughs) Quote, (laughs) one of the protagonists of the story began to follow someone supposedly from production from the back of the Matusita replica house to the place where makeup and production were. But during this move, she got distracted. And when she looked up, she was in a dark environment and this person had disappeared. We looked oh. for him, but we didn't find him. We never knew who Lupita followed. Oh, dear. <laughs> in its opening week, Secreto Matusita brought 163,000 people to the theaters in Peru, surpassing international blockbuster films such as The Conjuring, Paranormal Activity, and many other cult films such as. Terror in Silent Hill? That's not right. Is it just Silent Hill? Silent Hill, yeah. Silent Mm -hmm. Hill. And Friday the 13th. Wow, cool. And this January 21st of 2022, seven and a half years later, it will be showcased in Japan. Like, actually (gasps) go to, like, movie theaters in Japan. Quote, That one of our films can represent Latin American horror in an Asian country, a leader in producing horror films. That is a true feat, says the director. And that's very true. And that's very nice. Yeah. Finally, I want to talk about Japanese Peruvians because um, it's a huge community in Peru. And let's just find out how they showed up over there. So, Wikipedia says, Japanese Peruvians, or in Spanish, peruano-japones, nipo-peruano, are Peruvian citizens of Japanese origin or ancestry. Peru has the second largest ethnic Japanese population in South America after Brazil. This community has made a significant cultural impact on the country, today constituting approximately 0.1% of the population of Peru. In the 2017 census, only 22,534 people self-reported Nikkei, or Japanese ancestry. Peru was the first Latin American country to establish diplomatic relationships with Japan in June 1873. Peru was also the first Latin American country to accept Japanese immigration. The Sakura Maru carried Japanese families from Yokohama to Peru and arrived on April 3, 1899 at the Peruvian port city of Callao. This group of 790 Japanese people became the first of several waves of immigrants who made new lives for themselves in Peru some nine years before immigration to Brazil began. Most immigrants arrived from Okinawa, Gifu, Hiroshima, Kanagawa, and Osaka. 
Many arrived as farmers or to do work in the fields, but after their contracts were completed, they settled in the cities. In the period before World War II, the Japanese community in Peru was largely run by Issei immigrants born in Japan. Quote, those of the second generation were almost inevitably excluded from community decision making. Oh, that's so sad. So that's like a basic generalization of Japanese in Peru. But there's a poster here from back in the day of a of a Japanese man pointing to South America and the the caption on it says a poster used in Japan to attract immigrants to Peru and Brazil it reads join your family let's go to South America which wow. I think is kind of cute <laughs> huh. oh and just so you know uh <laughs> Literally, they had a president for a long period of time that was uh, their first Japanese par- parent, their first Japanese president, uh, Alberto Fujimori, who was president for yeah. a long time, I believe. He was president um, while I was living in Bolivia, I guess when you were in Brazil, which I yeah. specifically remember him being president that, that back then. Yeah. And... My favorite thing to talk about, but if you eat Peruvian food, you will absolutely find Japanese influence, and it's very delicious. If you guys aren't eating Peruvian food, get yourself a Peruvian restaurant to visit, because it's delightful. And that's the end of my trivia. I love it. All right. This is what I've got today. Let's talk briefly about Dorian Fernandez Moris. I, I believe we spoke about him before when we talked about Cementerio General, pero let's just mention him again just a teeny tiny bit. So Dorian Fernandez Moris was born in Lima, Peru, December 9th of 1982. He is a Sagittarius, and he is one of the most prolific and well-known filmmakers in the Peruvian film industry. His horror feature, Cementerio General 2013, was the main initiator of the new wave of Peruvian horror cinema, which in, which influenced the appearance of new films. Anyway, so he's a big Peruvian horror director, well-known yeah. down there, should be well-known more so around the world. We've done Cementerio General, which, was, which came out before a... Secreto Matusita, but we still got Cementerio General 2, which we got to watch at some point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to it at some point. Now let's talk about Sepuku. All right, everybody. So I found this Wikipedia for Sepuku. It literally apparently means cutting the belly. Sometimes referred to as the only way to commit ritual suicide. Seppuku is a form of Japanese ritual suicide by disembowelment. It was originally reserved for samurai in their code of honor, but was also practiced by other Japanese people during the Showa period to restore honor for themselves or for their families. The ceremonial disembowelment, which is usually part of a more elaborate ritual and performed in front of spectators, consists of plunging a short blade traditionally a tanto, into the belly and drawing the blade from left to right, slicing the belly open. Jeez. Oh, God. If the cut is deep enough, it can sever the abdominal aorta, causing a rapid death by blood loss. Not rapid enough, though, because God damn, that must hurt. (gasps) 
And to do it to yourself, dude? I equate it to, like, when people slice their own throats in movies. I'm like, how? 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 (gasps) It's the same. It gives me the same feeling of, like, oh, my God. Totally. It gives me chills. So that's just a little bit about that. We don't have to go into detail. You can look it up more if you want to. There's a lot in there because this goes way back. Now, let's talk about Percy Thaida, who was the dude who was interviewed, um, you know, near the top of our movie. That's his real name. That's our guy's name. Is that the Japanese guy? Yes, Percy Thaida. So I found like his kind of, I guess, little personal page on Amazon.com. And it says here, Mi nombre es Percy Thaida. I was born in 1982 in Lima, Peru. I'm a journalist and a poet. Love it. In 2001, when I was 19, I published my first book of poems titled Bitácora. In 2008, I published another book of poems called Puerta Azul. And in 2014, yet another book of poems called La Piedra y el Ornitorrinco. So the stone and the platypus. Adorable. I gotta read this book. Yeah, I let's love read that. It. <laughs> So check out Percy's YouTube channel at cool. Percy Thaida, where he does reaction videos. <laughs> Guys, let's all blow up his fucking YouTube page. Listen, he's he's already got almost 4,000 subscribers on nice. there, which is no small feat. That is a lot of subscribers. So. I'm going to go ahead and say, and uh, you'll discover later on when we ask our questions, but like I found him really soothing and lovely and informative. Like when he was, spe- when they were out of the three experts, I was like, bring that guy back. I want him the most because he was totally. just like, and this and this and this and this other thing and this other yeah. thing and that other thing. And I was like, my guy, I could listen to you talk all day 100 percent. yes agreed so i just wanted to talk about a little bit about percy Thaida. love you percy and so, so <laughs> we love you and so i really wanted to find out more about umberto vilches vera i was like the comedian How? okay like you're talking about a tv personality here There's got to be something about him. I got to be able to find this. So I found an article at expedienteoculto.blogspot.com written by guess fucking who? Percy. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. I found this article. And then I was like, no. (laughs) Written by fucking Percy fucking Thaira. Percy. Incredible. I believe this might even be his own blog spot. Anyway, check it out. Expedienteoculto.blogspot.com Written by Percy Taira. So it talks about Humberto Vilches Vera. It says the second victim in, you know, this long list of stories at Casa Matusita is perhaps the best known because this man was a public figure who worked on TV. His name was Humberto Vilches Vera, a host who at the end of the 60s decided to bet on a national channel that he could stay seven days in La Casa Matusita without suffering or dying or anything like that. The legend, known to all, remembers that he entered the house with only a video camera in his hand and that after a few hours, two hours it says, but also says here in parentheses, some say it was after the fourth day, uh, Umberto left the house shouting, foaming at the mouth, 
after the event, he suffered psychological complications. He was confined in a mental hospital for a period of th- period of 13 months and was never heard from again. Mm. And so Beresi writes here, it has always been the intention of this page to try as far as possible to discover the truths or realities that are hidden behind the myths and urban legends, specifically this one, which despite the years continues to be a subject in Lima for believers and non-believers of paranormal issues. So I like that he wrote that. He's like, look, I'm just trying to find the truth. Even though I do feel like in the movie, he's like, you know what? It's fine. We're filming a (laughs) horror movie. We'll keep it spooky for you. This is what's up. Right. So Percy continues, recently I was able to collect data that seems necessary to publish precisely to take a step forward for those who, like my page, uh, basically like want to stay away from the sensationalism and we want to discover the inherent truth. Apparently, the aforementioned television presenter published a book entitled The Ghost Hunter sometime after the fact, like after uh-huh. his stay in La Casa Matusita, in which he described his paranormal adventures throughout his television career. In one of his latest stories, Umberto Vilches Vera refers to a, to his alleged entry into Casa Matusita. On one page of the book, it says, and these are Umberto's words, apparently, the word of a TV idol is a fundamental word. And I had announced that I would enter the haunted house. I never entered, but everyone saw me enter. I never spoke to a ghost, but they look at me as if I had become like a citizen of the afterlife. Imbecile jokes, ghost stories, and fantastic inventions around the television host who one day tried to capture the national attention led to like huge ratings on TV. So apparently that was said by Umberto Vilches Vera about his stay. He's basically being like, I didn't go in there. So Percy concludes, given this, we can draw, I believe, two conclusions. The first is that Vilches Vera never entered the house. The myth that the man would have been admitted to a mental hospital, tormented by the souls that that inhabit that house, is completely ruled out if he was never in the house. Right. Now... For my second conclusion, I can say that this does not necessarily resolve the myth, since to date there has not been anyone who has entered the house who can attest to whether or not there are ghosts or paranormal phenomena in this house. It will be a matter of waiting for our part. We will continue investigating and dealing with the subject to achieve the main objective, which is, if possible, to finally demystify the legend of La Casa Matusita. And that is my trivia for today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Can I ask, how about I ask you some questions? Yes, absolutely. Jonathan, were you scared? Yes, I was. I'll give it to this movie. Yes. How about you? I said no. Sure. You know, to me, it felt way too familiar. And all the jumps, I didn't jump at. Like, even in the beginning when, like, the dude is like, la dueña. And I was like, I was like, I know it's coming. And, like, the hands exploding from the wall. Everything I was like, yeah, I see it. And not that it wasn't because it was poorly made or any of that. It was just like, this, this followed 
the found footage script so much to a T that I was like, I know it. You know what I mean? Sure. I will say, you know, I love a jump scare. Mm -hmm. I don't need them in my horror films. I will also admit that, like, I did, there were a few boops and bops here, there for me. Nothing major. Yeah. But the the reason I say yes is because I appreciated the tension building. I was like, sure. You know what? Okay. Pretty good. Anyway, so. What was your best scare? I'm going to give it to that ghost kid scurrying after the block that gave me the creeps. What about you? That was me too. From like the, yeah. the hole or no, not the yes. hole from uh, in the room when he's like, yeah. I can't even see my head. Ah, creep. <laughs> Who was your favorite character? Percy Tyra. Me too. Sure. Percy. Yeah, Percy. Uh, it's got to be Percy. Yep. Loved him knowing his info. He was. He mm-hmm. felt so comfortable in front of the camera. I was Personable. Like, this guy, star. Yeah. <laughs> what was your best line? The Videntes line, me extraña la excesiva tranquilidad, which I was like, yeah, that that would weird me out too. Yeah. This excessive tranquility. What about yours? What was your best line? My, mine was Luis starts freaking out and he's screaming at everybody and he turns to Fabian and he says, Se está poniendo pendeja la cosa. And <laughs> I uh, yeah. laughed heartily at that. Se está poniendo pendeja la cosa. <laughs> Something else that I noticed here is that in Peru they say brother a lot. Yeah, I heard brother every now and then. Which I, was I had like, only mostly heard in Nicaragua. Come on, brother. Love yeah, it. Brother. What was your best death? I'll give it to Luis, you know, being tossed around like a salad and then apparently having his gut served to him. Hell yeah. Luis, what about you? Mine too was also Luis. Yeah. Did you learn anything from the culture? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. A Even if it wasn't percent. true. Yeah. I learned a lot. So much so that I, when I was doing my trivia, I was like, oh, you all gave us all of this in your movie. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Yeah, very nice. Sure, you twisted and turned it a bit, but still, I was like, no, you, yeah. But even then, not even that much. It was like, oh, but to the the skeleton is all there from all the urban legends that it has. And that's very, that's very cool. So, yes, also yeah. me too. If anything, it like it built on the mythology. Interesting. Yeah. So hard. Yes, for sure. And out of five, ooze, how many ooze do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie a two and a half. Um, I know that doesn't sound so great, but I would. I liked this movie. I really, really did. You built some good tension. I liked the some of the ghost stuff happening in the back. I thought the set was really, really well done. Yeah. This is a definite step above Cementerio General for me. I was, from what I remember, not a big fan of that movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, you got better. You definitely got better with this movie. So uh, a hearty two and a half. I enjoyed myself. What about you? I also gave it two and a half, and I will Mm -hmm. echo the things that you say in that it looked really good. These ghosts were well done. The, the smoothness of moving from one space to another and still keeping the tension. I just think the tropes were so, like I said before, are, were so well followed in like a, a ghost house <laughs> trope kind the of thing. The tropes were so well followed. Yeah. You Not know in what a I good mean? way. No, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And just like 
oh, I see it. All. I've seen it all and I see it now. This mm-hmm. path is lit beautifully for me and I can see every nook and cranny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think on the flip side of that is that it does do a really good job at following those tropes. Like it does. Mm-hmm. The tropes are well done, basically. Could we have cut a solid 15 of like yelling? Yes. Uh, but what an interesting way to discover like the Amityville of Peru and like mm. what fun urban legendy stuff that's actually real. That's like just that's gives it an extra oomph for me. So my two mm. and a half is a again, also like you, hearty in that I enjoyed myself. I was th- thoroughly entertained and uh a lovely time was had by all. So way to go. A good time. Yeah. Agreed. Watch this movie. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's uh, try and climb over this brick wall that we have in front of our door because we got to get out of here. And, let's uh, go. And it's time. So thank you <laughs> for being here with us. We appreciate every single one of you. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow our redes sociales at Uikurror on Instagram and Twitter. You can send us an email at Uikurror at gmail.com. Find every single one of our movies at our link tree, linktr.ee slash Uikurror. Thank you to Sonoro for being... The walls that hold our desiccated baby bodies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. God. <laughs> and um, Johnny, the only person that I would like to go to paranormal paradise with is you. <laughs> Same. Vamos. We're starting a TV show. Here we go. I fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you, too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adios. Adios. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.